Hello and welcome to CreekCast. I'm Josh. I'm Marcus, and we are glad that you joined us for this yes. Taco Tuesday. Tuesday. We are glad you guys have joined us for Taco Tuesday. Go and find you a taco somewhere, shape, or fashion. Get you a taco. Somewhere, shape. <laughs> a taco is a taco. But they're soft tacos and hard tacos, so it could change the shape. True. Lines. True. You can have a okay. U, or you can have a roll. True. Or you can U your soft taco. You can't really roll your hard taco. It just doesn't work. No, it become a salad yeah. for that. Taco salad. Taco salad. Uh, but we are glad you guys have joined us for this day. As we continue on our study in the book of Matthew, Matthew 17, verses 1 through 13, we are dealing with the transfiguration. Um, one of those sections that I feel like we don't really talk about this a lot when it comes to the stories of the gospel and stuff like that. Like, we know it, but we don't really talk about it because there's a lot of stuff here that we just don't get. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, so we see here that Jesus takes this inner three, and this is really sort of the first time that we start seeing these inner three going off with Jesus alone. Yeah, because he, he didn't invite all his disciples, no, only three. Just three, Peter, James, and John. Um, you know, they he brought them. And, and, like, we get Peter and John because they are sort of the spokesmen, but I always find James interesting in there. Yeah. Because I don't really talk a lot about James, but... I mean, he writes a book of the Bible. He's part of the inner three. We know he's brothers with John. Yeah. But why was he part of the inner three? So the I've heard two, like two, two, a few different things. One of the, the two that I kind of lean towards um, is they chose these three specifically, um, or chose three to prevent the miracle or this account of this miracle, um, uh, to prevent it from being told before um, the time was right. Um, or these three needed more supervision um, than hmm. than the others. Because you think about their, who he chose. Because you could definitely see that with Peter. Exactly. But John, like you feel like he's the more responsible disciple, but was he when he was traveling with Jesus? Exactly. Because we don't really know. Like we know about John after. Like we know he was, he beat Peter to the race to the tomb. Yeah. But we don't see the same rashness. You know, yeah. not thinking things well, through that we see with Peter. Think of it like this. I, I the way I, I agree with the second part more than the third, the first one. Well, I agree with the first one a little bit, but uh, I see it as like my my ministry. Not that I'm harsh on the ones that need more supervision, but the, usually the ones that need more supervision are the ones that are my biggest leaders. Yeah. Um, and they need more supervision because because they're my biggest leaders, they can influence a lot of people in the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. I see it from that point of view. Yeah. Um, but also with the fact of like. Peter. Peter needed supervision. He needed supervision. <laughs> James was probably the second to, or like, it was Peter that needed more than you got James. Yeah. That I, I, I picture these three as like best friends and they're like, when they're all together, you, you're scared. They're in trouble. Yeah. Because uh, you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I, I think it's, I don't know that's true or not. Yeah, but, but I could, I could see that's that. My, that's my theory. I could see that. Yeah. Um, so they, Peter, or Jesus leads them up on high on the mountain and he is transfigured um, before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became white as light. And it's just this idea of we see the true holiness of God in this moment. That he is truly the son of God. Because it's like, ah, you know. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it doesn't talk about an outward transfiguration. It, I mean, this effect was extremely striking, yeah. I guess you can say. Um, but Jesus became so bright in appearance that... Um, he was even difficult to look at, yes. kind of like the sun. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then Moses and Elijah shows up, you know. Poof, and they're just there. Poof, they were there. <laughs> and our commentary talks about how 
you know, we could understand why Moses was there, but the fact that Elijah was there was sort of this unique, like, why really Elijah, you know? Um, but, you know, we know Elijah's one of the few that, or one of two that did not truly die, you know, and I mean, he, he was part of, he was a prophet, you know, um, just, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so they appear and Peter being Peter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the best way you could put it. Um, he's like, if you wish, let us build tents here, um, for sacrifices, you know, for you and for Moses and for Elijah. Um, and it just sort of like Peter says this and then the next thing happens and it just sort of gets drift away. But we see that Peter's coming at this from the Jewish mindset of, Hey, we, we still do sacrifices. We still mm-hmm. do this stuff. And the whole, their whole religious system is about to change, be flipped on its head. Did your thing just cut out? Air loading. No, there it goes. Okay, if yours are still working, mine's not working, but as long as we have something, we're good. I mean, it's kind of spotty. I'm going to put my hands up here like this so we can see when we get to that point in time, just to make sure it's still recording. But um, but But, this is, um, you know... Yeah, I forgot where I was going with all this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of times... Not a lot of times... uh, would you say it's fair to think that Moses and Elijah showed up to represent the law of Moses and the prophets? Um, you know, the kind of the some of the Old Testament revelation came to meet with Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration. Would you think it's fair to say that? I would say I'd agree with that. Okay, yes. I, I would too. And and I mean, we can also probably say that Moses and Elijah represent those who are cut up, caught up to God, um, or following Him. Um, more specifically, Moses represents those who die and go go to glory and go to heaven, and Elijah rep- represents those who are caught up to to heaven uh, without death, um, you know, as the rapture, um, you know. And from this, we kind of we can see that um, saints are uh, that are departed, still alive, um, living their person, uh, their personality are are known by their names. Um, and enjoy near access to Christ. I've heard, I think Spurgeon said something along those lines. Um, but I think it's, it's it, uh, when I was kind of reading this, I thought about uh, the conversation in Luke 9, um, where it tells us um, of their, their conversation, they, you know, they speak of the decrease, um, uh, of his decrease, which uh, he was about to accomplish in, at Jerusalem. You know, they spoke of the upcoming work of the cross and, and, uh, and pre- presumably the resurrection to follow. Um, and, and this could, it could be where uh, they found greater subjects and um, wonder uh, uh, subjects than, than this wondrous death and uh, and whatnot. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, we kind of continue and we see how Peter, um, I don't know what the word is, comes to Jesus with mo- or not comes. Um, I don't know, um, but Peter kind of is brought back into the picture. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and it's, um, you know, Jesus with Moses and Elijah, and, and it's dr- dramatically rebuked by a voice from a cloud of God's glory. Yeah. Um, which it's kind of weird to think, you know, I, I don't know if it was a physical voice, right, <laughs> from yeah. a cloud. Peter, Peter, don't do this. I mean, that's what we always <laughs> think is, 
Why, why do they always think God's voice is so deep and very like echoey? <laughs> so continuing on. <laughs> so God does speak, you know. So it's not even like we acknowledge what Peter is doing. God just speaks. Yeah. And he says, "This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him." Like. Yeah. This this confirmation that Jesus, what he's been teaching, I am the Son of God, is truly I am the Son of God, and that we should listen to him. I mean, if anybody we should listen to, it should be Jesus. You would think so, <laughs> um, but yeah, we should listen to him. We should. He, and God was pleased with what he was doing. Like yeah. we just, but because yeah. even well, what one would think that if a voice from heaven would say, "Listen to me," uh, you would listen, but God says no. Listen to him. Listen, hear him. Yeah. I mean, everything points us to Jesus. Everything points us to Jesus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when we start thinking about this in like the, the way of the Trinity, it really messes with your head. That, oh, yeah. You know, God is pointing you to himself, but to himself and Jesus, and not to him himself as God. And it's just like, I'm just going to stop thinking about this for now. <laughs> and so the disciples have the reaction that probably all of us would have. They fell on their face and were terrified. Yes. Not afraid, terrified. But here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing that blows my mind, okay? They didn't fall on their faces when they saw Jesus transfigured. No. Not when his face, uh, you know, shone like the sun, or not when his clothes became as white as, as, as the light. Not when Moses and, and Elijah just appeared with, with him. Not when uh, Moses and Elijah spoke with Jesus, and not even when the cloud of... Uh, or it, the, when the cloud appeared and overshadowed them, but it was when his disciples heard a voice from heaven. Yes. Like, how, so <laughs> in my mind, it's like, how many times has God got to get at your attention? Yeah. <laughs> so stepping back just a little bit, because this just entered my mind, do you think the disciples knew it was Moses and Elijah? <coughs> I mean, we see that Peter says for you and Moses and Elijah, but do we think they realize and are like, that's Moses and Elijah? Because it's not like they had pictures. To be like, hey, this is what Moses looks like. This is what Elijah looks like. I don't know. I don't think they had name tags that said, you know, <laughs> Moses. You know, just yeah, something to think. I like that's just something that popped into my head. I was like, well, how did they know it was then? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, like out of everything they've seen, it's the the voice in the cloud that's like, oh. ah! <laughs> and I I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's because they realized that the voice is God. Maybe because you know Jesus has been teaching, I am the son of God, and they hear this voice, this is my son. They're like, oh, that's God. Let's fall on our face. Yeah. You know? Um, that would be my thought process to this. But yeah, they fall on their face, and Jesus came to them and said, do not be afraid. Rise up. It's okay. And when they rise up, it was just Jesus. No one was there. No one was there. They, it's just Jesus. <laughs> that should scare them. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, where did everybody go? <laughs> what? What? Happened? What kind of magic trick is this? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you can stand your broom up? <laughs> yeah. And so Jesus tells them, "Do not tell anyone until after after I've raised from the dead." Yeah. Yeah, and they keep their word. They don't tell anybody until after. Um but I mean, all of this kind of comes back to many times in life, um, it is very necessary for us to get away um, for a while and kind of refocus and refresh and um, be encouraged by God. Yes. Um, and what and by God's word. Um, 
you know, you know, we've talked about conferences and things like that, but it, um, it's it's always important to be alone with God at, at times, um, you know, because God always comforts those that He is with, whether it's um, simply by His presence or by His truthful word. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of times when we need refreshment, when we need to be encouraged or have our minds refocused, um, our first instinct is not to go alone. It's to find other people. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. No. But there's times where you need to be like, okay, I need, I need time with God. Yes. I need time by myself with God. Um, and, uh, and that goes a long way. It goes a long Yeah, absolutely. It goes a long way. Um, so, and that's kind of what I think this, I think that's why, one of the reasons why he took the three. Um, because I think they needed the, they need to the hear. need to hear. They yeah. need to be, they need to see this miracle to be refocused and refreshed and, and, uh, encouraged, um, by God and his word. So I would, I'll, I'll agree with that. Absolutely. Yes. But, uh, life step, life step. All right. One may ask why Jesus did not show himself this way to all of Israel, believing with their heart must proceed, 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 perceiving with the eyes. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> but yes, you know, what the heart sees needs to, or what the eye, the heart needs to believe before the eyes believe. Yep. And then, uh, shout out to our, our sponsor, Something Cool. Uh, Something Cool is more than just a custom t-shirt company. Something Cool is a company that goes above and beyond to serve the servers, the people who devote their lives to ministry and serving others. Something Cool brings together the coolest custom designs, a remarkable buying experience, constant engagement of clients with creative content. Oh, and did we mention they provide the world's softest prints on the world's softest tees? Go say hi to Carl on SundayCool.com and make sure to choose Sunday Cool on your next order. Yes. And our prayer request for today is pray that the Lord might lead someone from your church into short-term or full-term mission work. There you go. For this episode, I've been Josh. I've been Marcus. Booyah. Booyah.